1: Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous episode of Dear multi It. I am your host, Michael Kushner. What a time we are in. Huh? I will continue to donate to Planned Parenthood and organizations that support people with uteruses and the ability to get pregnant. The overturning of Roe vs. Wade is a massive blow, and I'm having trouble staying positive. And um, I normally don't have trouble staying positive, but in this moment I'm feeling terrified and and nervous of what's to come next. Um, But... What has been wonderful is, you know, being around a community. is having a community of like-minded people that um, think and feel the same way. And that is the one glimmer of hope that I have for the future in regards to getting us back on track to... (laughs) it's not even progressive it's just like basic human rights and like 54 below on instagram posted that they stand you know in solidarity with you know uh, people with uteruses and how awful the overturning of roe versus wade is and there are people commenting on it being like are you going to lift your vax mandate the vax the vaccine has nothing to do with roe versus wade and it's like I I never really comment on um Instagrams like that. But I was literally like your like your lack of ability to have a vaccination literally puts hundreds of other people at risk. But the ability to be pro choice does not. Um I don't understand it's it's so <laughs> If anyone can explain that to me i just I, I don't know i don't it's it's there's so much there's so much um broken in the way that people think the education system i mean there's so much there's so much fear and cult-like activity i'm sorry i'm <laughs> i'm i'm fired up and i'm um i'm sad and i'm scared and uh you know, uh, I'm glad that you're listening to this episode because in these times, you know, we have to <laughs> it's it's difficult because we have to, you know, we have to pay the bills and we have to continue to create and we have to continue to just do our jobs. But we also have to reserve brain space for what is happening in our political system um and it's such a balance it is such a balance you know it's pride week i'm recording this intro on pride weekend and this episode was recorded a few weeks ago but it's it's hard to celebrate pride and to like post on social media you know it's it's all very it's all very difficult and um navigate and my honest to God uh, words of wisdom in this moment is to (sighs) be kind to each other I have a tattoo that says be kind be careful and be yourself and that is I think what we have to really listen to in this moment be kind be careful be yourself be kind to performers on Broadway I'm seeing on social media people just shit-talking people. Stop. What, how, do you have the, how do you have the capacity to do that? How do you have the capacity to literally go on social media and drag someone when, when our lives are falling apart? Wow, I'm fired up. <laughs> um, but what I will say is be kind, be careful, be yourself. And I used to do quotes under multi-hyphenate for every opening of every episode. And that's my quote. Be kind, be careful, be yourself. Now moving on to this episode. It's an inspiring episode. It's a wonderful episode. And it's featuring Tony nominee Jared Grimes, who is so wonderful to speak to. And Jared is currently starring in the uh, in the Funny Girl revival on Broadway. And he received a Tony nomination for his performance. Um, and I saw it the other night, and he really is so wonderful. Jared is a quadruple threat in the world of the arts, where he is heavily making his mark in singing, dancing, acting, and choreographing. Um, on numerous occasions, he has danced alongside legends such as Wynton Marsalis, Gregory Hines, Ben Vereen, Jerry Lewis, and so many more. He has also performed for Obama and Ted Kennedy at the Kennedy Center, and he has been on Broadway in productions such as A Soldier's Play and After Midnight. In the world of acting, Jared is known for his recurring role of Adrian on NBC's hit show Manifest. Make sure you go to the August Wilson and see Funny Girl and watch him light up that stage. I loved the revival. I had such a great time the other night seeing it. Uh, Beanie, Ramin, they're all... It's It's a wonderful show, so please... Um, support Jared and the rest of the company and that fabulous revival. I hope you enjoy the show and, um, please write a review, follow on Instagram at dear uh, comment, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Okay. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Jared. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy Friday. <laughs> Happy Friday. <laughs> you are a Tony nominee.
0: Oh man, that's crazy! It's <laughs> you, you said it, and I was kind of like, "Oh yes, yeah." <laughs> yeah. Just in
1: ca- just in case you didn't know,
0: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, still, it's still, I'm, I'm still on cloud nine. I, I, I know I said that a couple days ago, or even like after, but like, I don't know if I'll ever come out the clouds. That's 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 bizarre. It's it's bizarre. I just you know, I guess sometimes you, and you could probably attest to this too. You you work so hard, and you you know you kind of you stay in the lab, and you you're you're such a perfectionist and you you know you're obsessed with the craft to the point where you like you know you you just you you just don't really know how to respond to you know uh, feedback in the way or in the form of like a, a, an award or or recognition you know at at certain levels like that so i was just like the fact that you know that's now attached to you know some of the hard work that i've been doing it's just like oh yeah oh yes oh my goodness thank you but it's like it's like it's almost like you just it's like oh like okay well I, okay thank you i'm going to go back in the lab and start working on some stuff <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> that's that's amazing i mean you know it's it's so incredibly it's so incredible to live vicariously through you and and share your excitement and cuz i'm such an admir- i'm such an admirer of your work i think you know you are such an incredible hard worker and you. um you, you know we're in show business so of course it's like we as uh, as a spectator, it's like you know watching like social media stars come up, and and we sort of I guess assume that oh I can't believe they're getting that much you know appraise or or building an audience like that because like we feel that like social maybe some people that I've spoken to are like social media is not real I can't believe social media is becoming a part of our industry but like watching you know, your God-given talent and your trained and your trained ability and the focus and that, and the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into the art form that you do is so refreshing and so inspiring because it's like art is still alive and art is still, it takes training and it takes focus and dedication. And I think it's, you are a living, breathing testament to that, and it's very exciting. Thank
0: you, thank you so much, man. I thought there's something wrong with me for, <laughs> for a long time. I was like, I was like, am I the only one that like is obsessed? I mean, people are obsessed like that, but yeah, with social media and stuff like that too. I think, um, especially probably around what 2000. I want to say like 2000, let's say 10 to like maybe 2015, somewhere in there. Maybe even a little bit earlier than that, but that's when that kind of really jumped. Into my my universe as being a, a thing, and I was like, man, do I do I have to go in that direction, or how do I figure out how to spiral, you know, you know what I love to do in that direction and, and make it viable, you know, in that space too as well. So that I mean, especially since the industry started to lean towards um, shining lights on people that really knew what they were doing over there, and um, you know, I just you know, I, I love I love all things that you know can attribute and and make an artist voice. Louder and magnify it uh, in ways that they might not be able to do um, in the physical. So I love it for that too. But I think it's very important to make sure that you know people who definitely have a gift or that are you know talented um, and that love you know how the craft um, elevates them and helps them evolve. Um, I, I definitely think it's important to let you know uh, artists know and upcoming artists know that you, you can't sh- shrink it for the social media platform. You have to find ways to expand it on the platform. Um, Cause you know, you find that a lot of times people, you know, devalue and dilute, you know, their brand and, and their gifts, their blessings in order to make it work for a certain thing. And, um, you know, as long as people kind of stay strong-willed um, and open-minded and, and you know, stay steadfast in, in their, their fight to elevate themselves, um, as opposed to reducing themselves for, you know, like I said, certain platforms, then I think they'll be okay. But it's the, I've seen, I've seen that go the other way a few mm-hmm. times. And it's, it's unfortunate, because I'm just like, Oh, no, you didn't need to do that. Or you didn't have to do it that way. You could still you can have it all, you can have your cake and eat it too, but don't compromise your gift. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, whatever makes one happy, and whatever makes one feel like they're their voice is being heard, then I'll, I'll always support them and applaud that, but I'll always you know, fight for the, the, the best aspects okay. of their voice.
1: Of course, that's beautiful. So you're on Dear multi which is a podcast for multi-hyphenates. And what I say a multi-hyphenate is, is an artist who has multiple proficiencies, which cross-pollinate to help flourish professional capabilities. So in layman's terms, I do a lot of shit. And you're on this <laughs> podcast because you do too. So <laughs> my my hyphens my proficiencies would be actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster. What would yours be?
0: Who? Uh, actor, dancer, singer, producer, writer, director,
1: choreographer.
0: Cole, chore, chore, choreographer. <laughs> I forgot
1: that one. I, 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 I didn't do my research before we had this conversation. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, Almost forgot. yeah, know I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I love that. Um, no, that's, and also educator too, right?
0: Yeah. I think, I, yeah, I think, uh, educator and, um, you know, I, I love the, I'm a motivator too as well. Like I like to see people succeed and I like to help people get to, you know, where it is that they're trying to get to in life. So, um, you know, it is so many different things that a, a multi-hype and it could be, I think, uh, you know, in, past time, you usually just say triple threat or you just say, you know, that kind of thing. But it's like, as you said, you know, even with, you know, all the things that you're proficient in, um, you know, you can be anything, you know, <laughs> according to the circumstances or according to the goal. So Monday, you might be a whole different bag of tricks from Tuesday, which might be a whole different bag of tricks from Wednesday. Um, but if you can, you know, wear all those hats and really create change and, and help people, um, then yeah, multi it you know, superhero, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. I think that's, you know, I think it's amazing that people are, are, are really willing to expand and, and broaden their horizons in the arts.
1: multi inventing is an art form. And I have a book about this topic coming out in the fall and Eight. which is exciting, but it's like writing about it from this very like scientific standpoint, like I wrote it in, in the third person. So I don't mention the word I and my experience at all in it. It has to be, it's very like A plus B equals C. It's very interesting to write a a book about art like that. But the conversation on my podcast has been so freeing because it's like, I have my perspective of what a multi-hyphenate is, but I get to broaden that and make it an art form based on the conversations that I have with people like you. You know, it's like when I first started, it was like the triple threat was not the multi-hyphenate because it's the triple threat. The multi-hyphenate is like, you know, it's the producer, it's broadening those proficiencies into creating your own work. But as I listen more and more, I'm like, absolutely, like those are your hyphens and the way, and if you could justify it, if you identify with it, it's an art form, then go with it Mm -hmm. and run with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, So exactly. What for you sort of came first? What was the hyphen, the proficiency that sort of like opened up everything for you and started to welcome in your other hyphens?
0: Oh, it was tap dance. It was tap dance. Uh, you know, my mom was my very first teacher. My mom is horrible at tap, uh, but <laughs> she had like a couple steps. She gave me and I took those steps and I was, you know, I, I, I took them and ran um, and it became my first love. And through tap is actually how I got into all the other genres of dance. And then watching old movies from seeking dance um, and, you know, different professionals and different, you know, celebrities and superstars in that space. You know, at that time, the only ones were they existed in black and white movies mm-hmm. <laughs> on VHS tapes. So, yes. you know, I'm looking at Bill Robinson, uh, Bill Bojangles Robinson, that is uh, John Bubbles, Baby Lawrence, Teddy Hale, Gregory Hines, Sammy Davis Jr., the Nicholas Brothers, the Barry Brothers, um, you know, all those tap dancers from the early 1900s. I was, I was enamored by their ability to tap dance and the fact that tap dance was their first love too and how they were, you know, megastars because of it. But then I was like, wow, they're not just tap dancing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I was like, so why are they called a tap dancer when they're doing so many other things? And then I, at an early age, I began to kind of latch on to the idea that, okay, well, if you're a tap dancer, that means you can be many things. It doesn't mean that you just use your feet to connect with people or share with people. I'm looking at all my heroes and they're singing, they're acting, they're comedians, they're Lindy hoppers, mm. they're, they're writers, they're choreographers, they're, they're, they, they, they do camera work, they're behind the camera, in front of the camera. I was like, all those guys did that. And I was just like, wow, so that's what it is to be a tap dancer. So my earliest um, idea of what a tap dancer was, was a multi-hyphenate, which was something in the early 1900s that, you know, that term didn't really exist for them they were just talented yeah yeah <laughs> or they were they were just versatile so I, I was just like oh, okay cool so I began to really dive into all of those disciplines um, because of my first love and the first thing that I latched on to which is tap dance
1: the word multi-hyphenate came out around the 70s and I think it's mm-hmm. in reference to Mel Brooks and Woody Allen and Whoopi Goldberg and creators like that like I think mm-hmm but what i've noticed over the years is that in order to identify as a multi-hyphenate you have to have accolades you have to be a celebrity actually the uh, like i changed the definition but the re- the first definition of multi-hyphenating was like a celebrity that does a lot of stuff. And it's like, why does <laughs> why does it have to be a celebrity? Like, yeah. why can't a younger artist start in the industry as a multi-hyphenate? Why are we sort of, uh, why are we told that we can't express ourselves in more ways than one? And I love that you just talked about multi-hyphenating in the tap world, because it's so true. Multi-hyphenating has existed in the vaudevillian times. It's mm-hmm. Molly, Molly Brown, the survivor of the Titanic, was a multi-hyphenate. She literally wow. was an activist and an actor, and she she did multiple things at once, but the word did not exist. And why I think this is this conversation is important is because it opens up the conversation that we all have the power to express ourselves through multiple proficiencies using that dominant proficiency like tap or, or jazz or um, Shakespeare, like whatever our dominant proficiency is, we, that, we can allow that to open us up to so many different experiences.
0: Yes, that's what tap dance has definitely done for me. You know, we, like, I've worked on so many jobs that have nothing to do with tap dance, but I can attribute tap dance to helping me in a major way uh, succeed. In that job, and it's just like I, I sometimes I say that to people, and they don't quite understand. <laughs> They're like, "Well, well, what what does that have to do with you hitting that mark?" I was just like, "Well, you know, I have a keen sense of rhythm, um, you know, musically, and if I know that mark is there, then while I'm you know saying my lines or doing my monologue, then I'm locked into how that feels, mm. so that way I can land on that mark every single time um, for the camera guy." Um, and so even like that's just a small way, but, uh, you know, it kind of makes me smile because I'm just like, yeah, it's just it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving across many platforms. <laughs> and you would never think that tap dance is that. But I watched it work for Sammy Davis Jr. And Gregory Hines and all those guys. I watched them achieve everything under the sun because tap dance was a, a vehicle um, to magnify their voice and their abilities. So, um, yeah, you, sh- you shouldn't have to be a celebrity to be a, a multi-hyphenate. Um, and also it's, it's funny because when you when you get into the industry at least when i got into the industry i i feel like i scared people <laughs> i feel like I, I like yeah i was too I, I had too much going on and people didn't know what to do so they felt like they would not be able to you know like well this is you don't want this job because you're not going to be able to do this or you don't want this because you're not going to be able to do that and they would go with somebody who was the furthest thing from a multi-hyphenate because that made them Feel like that person was more qualified, mm. um, or maybe maybe even made them feel more qualified for that person because they didn't have so many things going on, um, and that frustrated me too. Because I, at a certain point in time, I, I felt like I was put in a position to be like, "All right, well, do I have to take certain things off of my resume not to intimidate the you know the 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 job or the director or the choreographer or the producer or?" I, do I have to keep people from calling me a tap dancer because as soon as you hear the word tap dancer, you assume that that's all that I do um, or vice versa about anything else. So I I went through a, a a huge phase of kind of being concerned about, you know, the boxes that people were putting me in um, because I was, you know, so proficient and worked so hard at, at so many different things. I didn't want to seem like I was tough to handle or difficult mm-hmm. to handle because of something that I was passionate about or all the things that I was passionate about um so then I I I was like all right cool I am whatever you say I am you know what I mean so I was like I I became obsessed with the game of how can I get this job without you knowing that I do all this other stuff wow I was like I was like how can I how can I how can I you know how can I make you believe that this is all that I do by how much I devote to this audition or this monologue or this scene. And oh. I started to actually, I started to actually do that. Like uh, one of the first things, was a uh, Scottsboro Boys with Susan Stroman. Um, when the, the, the beginning phases of the workshop, I, I got the audition on a, on a monologue. I got the part. She didn't even know I tapped it. Wow. <laughs> Until we got to, we were doing like a, um, a studio recording and my character says the character does a little soft shoe um, at this little dance break in the song. And while I was in the booth at the recording studio, I did, and she was like, wait, wait, wait. She was like, I had no, I- I had no idea. I was like, gotcha. <laughs> I, was like, I gotcha, I was like, I gotcha, you know what I mean? So I was like, you know, that for me, let me know that, you know, I, I wasn't just somebody that, you know, had a first level tap dance and I was okay at other things. It let me know that I was working really hard and I was really, you know, maniacally obsessed with the highest levels of everything that I was passionate about. Same thing with, uh, you know, Manifest. Um, on Netflix, you know what I mean? I, nobody knew who the heck I was. They didn't know anything dance me at all until like, you know, they started looking at my social media, like, you know, <laughs> like, they were like, wait, we didn't know. It was just like, gotcha. <laughs> so- I think
1: that's the episode title is gotcha. Um, it's okay. There's so much to unpack here. So much incredible stuff to unpack here because I, so I think the last people to get the multi-hyphenate are the people in power. Like I, I, I think, I think for some reason, many people are scared to hire multi-hyphenates because we're, we can get distracted, or we have too much on our plate, or we, uh, we're, master, we're, we're jack of all trades, masters of none. But it's not, that's not the case at all. The whole idea of the multi-hyphenate is to literally go, hello, from the hours of 10 to 6 while we're working on this workshop, I am the actor. My phone is away. I have an assistant working on my other project. I am everything is organized for my other project and I am yours for these for this hour I'm for, for exactly. these hours we are allowed to mm-hmm. um I'm watching Severance so this is sort of in my mind but like, <laughs> yeah. like we are allowed to go from 10 to 6 my boundary is I am yours and mm-hmm. we are in this space together and then the st- second I step out at 601 I'll check my emails and figure out you know yeah my next meetings and stuff like that so for me you talk about resume and stuff like that. I have multiple resumes. I have my performer resume. I have mm-hmm. my photography resume. I have my, um, I, and I have a multi-hyphenate resume where it's basically like actor is on it. And it's like, it has like a little like, I have been seen in A, B, and C, but it more has like, I was the keynote speaker for this and I did this and I did that. Something that shows that I have a broad range of different hyphens and proficiencies Mm -hmm. that is meant to show me off as the multi-hyphenate. But then I Mm -hmm. also have a separate piece of paper that is just my performance resume. And I have felt that that has helped sort of not confuse those behind the table my favorite question though is to ask people (laughs) we're getting there i guess my favorite thing is to ask creatives and i go how does a multi-hyphenate help you like ask a director or a casting director or a producer go what are what are the benefits and some people are like i don't even know what you mean i don't know what you're asking like, i like uh, and an artist that can do multiple things. How does that help you? You do realize that many of us today are multi-hyphenates. You're not just hiring the actor anymore. And it's so wild to like, sort of watch them go. Uh, I got to think about that.
0: <laughs> it is bizarre. But that's, uh, it, it was. I felt so silly feeling like that, but I actually felt like that. Even with social media, as we talked about social media before, I was like, oh wow, I can't put too much of this on my social media because then you'll think that that's all I do. Yeah. And I was like, I had to like strategically you know make sure that I diversified you know my social media portfolio, or else you would think that I was just a singer or that I was just a tap dancer or I was right. just a choreographer. and I, I, it was funny because in Hollywood in the early 1900s, you couldn't get through the door unless you were a multi-hyphenate. You, know? <laughs> you couldn't, you just weren't. Like Judy Garland, like all the credits there, all those stars, Buster Keaton, you know, anybody you can think of in Hollywood, they did so many different things. And, and I think it, I, I don't know where it narrowed down to the fact that, you know, we just want to use a person that just does one thing. But it, that became the trend for so long all the way up until I feel like I, you know, I got to, you know, I got to New York, and like maybe somewhere around the, around the 2000s, the later two, the later 2000s, I feel like it started to change a little. Bit. It's still kind of like an iron grip on the, the singular sensation type of uh, artist, but um, I feel like now, just you know, even with your podcast and us even having conversations like this, um, and more performers uh, that are proficient across the board, I feel like it will change the game. Again, and it'll get back to what it was in the early 1900s, which is that that artist that like can help you achieve anything you possibly want to achieve, even if you don't need it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because that's that's what we wake up to do. We wake up to conquer. Like you, we wake up to conquer. It's not enough just to check off one box when you wake up. You have to feel like you're evolving across many different. Um, disciplines. Yeah. Um, you know, the doctors told me that was ADD when I was, a kid. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, it was like, my mom was like, I don't care if it's ABC, VCR, CBS. she ah! was like, it, it's not that. And we just gonna, you know, we're going to, you know, fill his time up with things that he loves to do. That's going to be his medication. I'm not putting him on medication for what you think is a disability. You know, being a multi-hyphenate is not a disability. It's an ability. It's an advantage. Um, and and so here I am today and I'm just like I've been here I've been here since the beginning of time this is what I watched all of my heroes do this cannot I cannot be a freak of nature to you unless you just weren't willing to see you know me or see us or see people that you know are proficient in other things because frankly somebody that's not makes you feel more comfortable I I really think that's kind of been what at least in my experiences, and when I've had the door closed in my face, that's what's, you know, kind of been the the situation. And I'm 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 glad and I'm optimistic about that being, you know, uh, a different conversation moving forward. Because like you said, like I can I can do so many things to help you be successful, to help us be successful, um, in the grand scheme of you know entertainment or the arts. So you know, like I said, use me as an advantage. You know.
1: I think, you know, you asked the question, when did it get so narrow? And I think it's, you know, I've noticed that multi-hyphenates are made and I've said this in other episodes too, um, but multi-hyphenates are made primarily of BIPOC, queer and uh, and, and artists and women. And I Mm -hmm. think it's because our stories are not centered ever. And mm-hmm. we we have been the ones that have been like, okay, I don't see myself on that screen or on that stage, so I'm gonna write that story.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna get I'm gonna find the producing team. I'm gonna produce this. I'm gonna hire the director, and we're gonna get this story to be centered. And then, and uh, like, look at Lin Manuel Miranda. Look at Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. Look at Rachel mm-hmm. Brosnahan. Whoopi Goldberg. Issa Rae. All of these these are de- these are people that have been decentered and marginalized. In, uh, you know, multiple points in their lives, you know, mm-hmm. these famous multi-hyphenates and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and mm-hmm. on. So, and I think it's born out of the idea of like figuring out our places in the industry and how did it get so narrow? We're also a society that loves boxes. Okay. You're gay, right? You're mm-hmm. gay, but, but now, but so you're, okay, what do you mean you're trans now? Do you, does that change who you're attracted? It's like people love to figure it out boxes. as boxes. Yeah. It's all about mm-hmm. boxes. So that bleeds into identity as artists. It's just the society that we're in when there are other cultures that celebrate, you know, multiple identities and multi- multiple paths and multiple mm-hmm. experiences, but we mm-hmm. are not that society.
0: I, and It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's like it's like you gotta you gotta to build a box takes so much energy. <laughs> like all the energy that you were using to build a box, you could be doing so many other great things in the world. I, I do not understand how building labels and boxes really shows up on people's agendas without them realizing that they are wasting their own time. Yeah when they could just be opening their minds and saving energy and using that towards inclusivity.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> For for me, it's like you kind of bring up a really cool point that I've not thought about. It takes so much energy to bat out the impulses that your body is telling you in regards to interest, like Mm -hmm. as a tap dancer or uh, like like you have embraced the multi-hyphenate aspect of yourself but there are people that are like nope i'm just a tap dancer i'm just a pop singer i'm not going to explore the other aspects of myself and that takes so much more energy than embracing those 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 other interests that are bubbling up inside of you
0: and i have i have no problem with that um in the, you know, and I, you know, when I say singular sensation, I don't mean that that's that in, a, in a derogatory way. Like there's people that just feel like they need to focus on one thing and that, and I have no problem with that. I applaud you, I think that's great. But then you can't be mad at somebody or you know, <laughs> bitter about somebody else that, that does a lot of things. Yes. So you can't, like, you can't do that. Like you just can't do that. And I suffer, I didn't suffer, but I struggled with that too when I first got to New York. Um, with a lot of a lot of peers of mine were, were confused that I was doing this, and then I was backup dancing, and then I was doing choreography, and then it was you know, it, you know there there was you know for a little bit there was this this mentality that you know if he wasn't doing one thing then he's not focused on that mm-hmm. or that he's not he's not a purist or that he's not really about the the craft and that's that's the furthest thing from the truth and you know. You know i don't i don't let that kind of noise um you know distract me and you know after a while then people understand okay cool it's not it's it's they start to open their minds a little bit when they see you know what your purpose is or what you feel your purpose is um but i think a lot of times when it comes to you know that type of mentality you know they scare people away from you know exploring other disciplines yeah. or exploring other dreams Yes. Um, or possibilities for themselves. And I've had teachers do that to me. Like I've, I've had peers do that. I've had teachers do that to me. And I'm like, wait, isn't a teacher's job first and foremost to make sure that their student flourishes? Yep. In whatever way it is that they need to flourish. Like, why are you telling me I just need this class? Or why are you telling me that I'm never going anywhere if I get a, a D in algebra? Like, we, like what, are you, what are you doing? Like, that's not what your, your job is supposed to be. You're supposed to elevate me. You're supposed to help me strengthen my weaknesses by elevating, you know, me in in my best light, because that should be able to help me strengthen my weaknesses. And I just, you know, from peers, like I get it, like that's a competitive type of thing. But like when I had teachers doing that, I was just like, I literally had to, you know, lock myself in the lab and figure out exactly what my purpose was and what I wanted to be in this lifetime and how I wanted to give and help to people. And, you know, I I hate to say this, but I really, I lost a lot of people that I thought were near and dear to me Mm. that, you know, may have been near and dear to me, but I don't think that they really had my best interest in hand because they didn't really agree with, you know, how I was approaching my gifts or how I was utilizing my gifts. Um, If you think my gifts are a distraction, then we just, we can't roll in the same circles. (laughs) We just can't roll in the same circles. My blessings are not a distraction. My okay. guests are not a distraction. You know, they're they're the biggest compass that I could ever have, you know? <laughs>
1: that is beautiful. I mean, you know, I've I had these two women as guests on Dear Multi-Hyphenate, but two teachers that I will always credit as helping me understand my multi-hyphenate experience, um, Elena Maria Garcia and Cynthia Henderson. Uh, nice. You know, they, you know, Garcia is an, a three-time Carbonella winner in South Florida, and she is a educator, uh, producer, writer, director, performer, amongst other things. And Cynthia Henderson uh, from my college is a professor, performer, director, producer, and uh, social change activist. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they do it. They do it. They pay their bills that way. But then like, you know, I had other professors at my college, you know, when it was a cut program and this professor, that I'm talking about is no longer there. But like, I remember if you if you sort of showed interest of other stuff, that would show up in your like review letter being like, we know that you're showing interest for like this, et cetera. We, we think maybe you might be interested in that more. Maybe you should explore it. And then sort of like hang that over your head in terms of mm-hmm. like discontinuing you from the program.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: And it's like, and that that was only one professor who is no longer there, and there is no longer a cut system, um, at at my alma mater. But it still was like, oh my god, I'm not, I I can show interest for other things, but I'm at the risk of these people that are narrow minded in thinking, and my future is at risk. Like, can I graduate a BFA in with a BFA musical theater if I show interest in camera work? Are they going to let me just because I'm interested in that? Like, that doesn't make me any less serious about my craft as a performer. Exactly. Um, So I totally, totally hear you about um, support from educators and how important it is from the educational standpoint to be like, you have that interest? How can it now affect, how can it affect your performance in a positive way? How can it make you a better performer? Exactly,
0: exactly, exactly, man. I, I just, I, just, whew. I mean, that's the gospel, right? We in here preaching. That's what, <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's what it's, it's also the thing of like, just because, you know, this individual focuses on one thing and I focus on that thing too, um, as well as many other things, it doesn't mean that that individual is going to be better than me at that one thing. Correct. We both deserve a fair chance to read that monologue or to do that dance routine or to show you our choreography. You shouldn't automatically assume that just because that person buries himself in one thing and this person over here buries themselves in multiple things, that that person is more qualified at that one job that they both do. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, that's one thing too, that I feel like was a part of that narrowing um, of the arts, um, uh, that is, like I said, is starting to open up again too. But it's, uh, you know, hopefully, just conversations like this, um, and just the the what we represent in terms of, you know, how we, you know, really bring all the things that we love to us and explore it and 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 work at it and 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 perfect it and find the higher levels of it. Like, hopefully, conversations like this and just how we're ambassadors of that mindset. Hopefully, like we we create an industry that, you know puts that forward. We create teachers that put that put that forward. Like my mom was a teacher. And you know, I tell my mom every day, I was like, you scared me to death. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was horrible coming home doing homework with you because you was just like, nah, if you don't get this right, then like you're horrible. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? She wasn't saying like she wasn't a bad mom, but she was just like, I just didn't respond to that way of um of 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 mentoring. Right. And we have conversations about that to this like today. And she was just like, she's like, if I would have known then you know, I would have, I would have taken a different approach, but she was like, that's how my mom yeah. taught me. And I was just like, I was like, you know, grandmama, grandmama could never help me do anything. Cause grandmama trying to pull out the belt every time I don't know what two plus two is. So I was like, you know, that's not going to work with me. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's was like, you know, we have conversations like that. And a lot of that stuff is learned, you know, too. It's kind of passed on that type of, you know, that box like mentality is kind of passed on and the world is opening up too. So sometimes you got to wait for people to catch up to you, you know, <laughs>
1: So unfortunately, you know, we have to wrap up, but, you know, I, how to end this conversation, how do you think multi-hyphenating has helped you get a Tony nomination?
0: (laughs) I just think it's allowed people to celebrate um, what I was talking about. Those old black performers in the early 1900s made, they normalized it. Yeah, you know they normalized it because they had to like you were saying earlier you know when you know you don't don't have as many things that you you should have because of the way society is or if Mm -hmm. you don't get the perspective um you know that you should have because of the way society is um especially with race um in the early 1900s you had to go above and beyond in order just to get you know through the door um and that's a resilience. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a strength. That's a power. That's a you know that's that's armor.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: in order to have battled the test of time and, and you know race and society, uh, <laughs> when there were when there was a time when you couldn't even vote because of the color of your skin, um, you weren't you were considered less than human. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way you dealt with that was by being a multi hyphenate. <laughs> the way you overcame that was by, you know, singing, dancing and acting mm-hmm. and finding as many ways through the arts under the sun that you could to change people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, people who did not look like you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's at the end of the day, that's how a lot of barriers were broken down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm here and I'm able to have this wonderful conversation with you is because A lot of guys, uh, you know, they suffered a lot of heavy consequences in order to put smiles on people's faces on stages, Um, and they did that in as many ways as you could possibly think of: tap, singing, acting, Mm -hmm. comedy, dance, choreography, being that multi hyphenate. So Mm -hmm. that was an activist type of art form that they (laughs) that they took on in the early 1900s, and you know, they paved the way for me. Um, so being a multi-hyphenate, um, has a lot to do with honoring a lot of those black performers that came before me. Um, and if it wasn't for them, then I wouldn't be in the position of being nominated for Tony in the first place. So, um, you know, it's, it's all for them. It, It has everything to do with them. And hopefully, you know, one day when I'm long and gone, you know, the next young, uh, boy or girl, uh can take on the, the mission of uplifting their voices as well too. Um, we got to preserve, uh, we got to maintain the integrity, and we got to fight the good fight for, you know, the people who opened the doors for us in the first place.
1: Absolutely, Jared. Thank you so much for that. This was such an insightful and exciting conversation. And where can we find you on social media?
0: Oh, grimy steps with a Z on right. Instagram. We yeah we yeah we I mean we can throw it up there, but yeah, grimy steps is a big one uh, on Instagram, and you'll find some cool stuff up there. I try to I try to keep it fresh and updated, um, but uh, yeah, I'm everywhere.
1: I love it, and I can't wait to work with you again and see you again soon. And you are the best. Thank you so much for being on Dear it Thank
0: you for having me. Can't wait to do it again.
1: Of course.